Hello and welcome to the Trinity Podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. Now, this episode is an interview with Trinity member Lou Marsh. Lou has been with Trinity for the past 12 months. We've actually been working together one-to-one and it's safe to say she's a totally different person to when she started. When she signed up a year ago, she was working 50 plus hours a week in her job as a forensic scientist and she'd been steadily piling on the pounds over the past 15 years after sustaining a foot injury back in 2004. She was stuck in a cycle of emotional eating, she felt uncomfortable riding a horse and was worried about the effect her weight was having not only on her riding, but on her confidence, which she felt like was at rock bottom. Her weight had hit an all-time high of 16 stone 13 at Christmas of 2019, and that's when she finally decided enough was enough. Since joining Trinity, Lou's got a handle on her emotional eating and she's now an incredible six stone lighter. She's gone from hiding away in a size 22 clothes to having a whole new wardrobe full of colourful size 12s, some of which are even getting baggy on her now and she's looking getting some size 10s. Her energy levels are now through the roof and she's out horse riding all the time. And she's even realised her dream of buying herself a young new horse to train up from scratch, something she said she'd never dreamt of being able to do before now. However, that's enough from me. Let's hear from Lou herself. So sit back and relax and welcome to today's Trinity podcast. Hello, I'm here with Trinity member Lou, who's made an incredible transformation over the past 12 months, including losing over six stone in weight, beating COVID-19 and much, much more. So today we're going to find out about all of that. But first, I think it's best to know a bit more, you know, a bit more about you, Lou. So, you know, if someone's not heard anything about you before, what would you kind of say if someone asked, you know, who is Lou? Morning, Rob. Thank you. Um, my, my name's Lou Marsh. I'm, um, uh, I'm 47 now. Um, I live in Staffordshire, uh, rural Staffordshire. And um, I am a forensic scientist. I've been a forensic scientist for about 18 years. Um, and uh, I have a busy, busy working schedule, um, work full time um, and it's, it's rarely full time. It's, it's lots and lots of hours extra, as lots of people do. Um, and um, I have a husband who lives with us um, and my daughter is uh, 27 and she lives up in Yorkshire. She got married last year. So um, we have an empty nest, I guess, now. Um, and uh, my, my husband's working um, at home because he's on uh, on lockdown, same as everybody. Um, so this this year has been pretty challenging. But uh, my my hobbies include horse riding. I've got a couple of horses now, um, and I've ridden my whole life. So that's that's really my passion, really. Yeah, and I remember you you actually got a new horse. We'll get into that in a little bit. You got a new horse during the last year, so I did. I, yes, we'll get into that, but. Before that, I think for people watching, they might not realise because, you know, you look very slim on the camera. Where, where you. when you started, you know, a year ago, you started with Trinity, right? Where, where were you yeah. before you started? So, so this week is my 53rd week with Trinity. So it's, it's ticked off on a calendar as we go. So this time last year, I was just starting. And where I was um, beginning of January, um, I, had, um, I had a bag accident on my foot 
back in 2004, which was a horse riding accident. And I have severe arthritis in my foot. So I broke 16 bones in it back in 2004, which is pretty, uh, pretty, pretty nasty injury. And that injury really has defined a lot of my life because um, exercise and movement and, and things has always been a little bit, a little bit dodgy for me. Um, and where I was this time last year, six stone heavier. So I was just under 17 stone. I was 16 stone 13. And that came up at a, at a BMI of over 40. So according to the NHS website, I was in the severely morbidly obese category. Um, and that's the first time I looked up my BMI was about a year ago. And it's pretty shocking, isn't it? To see it on a graph where they put you in the, in the direct red zone um, so that was that was that was where I was. I had a, another accident, Boxing Day last year, where I hurt my same foot again. Um, and part of the injury um, that I did that time was was really making the original injury worse. I knocked it all about. So I had a couple of weeks where I was sitting down um, in quite a lot of pain because of my foot. And when I went to the hospital to have it checked out. Obviously, the first thing that they tell you is, is your weight is really making this worse. You know, when you've got an ankle injury, when you've got a foot injury, all the weight that you put through it constantly, every single step makes the arthritis quite difficult. And so, so exercise was really difficult. Um, it was an, I was in an awful lot of pain um, and taking quite a lot of painkillers, trying to just get through life, really. So I was in quite a dark place about a year ago. And it's, it's that slow realisation, isn't it, really, that something has to change and something has to change really fast because, because of the situation with my foot. It was just getting worse. So, so the decision really was, was to, to deal with my foot. That was my first decision. And then the weight was a secondary thing. You know, I wanted to, to, to look after my health. That was, that was an important part of it. But I was, I was losing mobility and, and I was looking into the future where I was at nearly 17 stone, knowing I was going to carry on putting weight on unless something changed. And it's that little switch, isn't it, where you think enough. And that, that's really where I was when I, when I found Trinity. And I know you, you know, you tried a few other things before you've told me before so obviously the switch eventually switched for you last year and, and you found trinity but before that i'm sure you had a few times where you thought i'll give this a go and i maybe i need to do something about this sooner what what did you try before so i tried quite a few things um over the years i would say that my weight had crept up gradually um i had i had been um a fairly stable large size 14 for quite a few years and it just crept up and up um and, and over the years, I'd gone to um, Weight Watchers, I tried Slimming World, um, I tried this new um, 800 calorie a day diet thing. That was a disaster. Um, and I don't want to knock Weight Watchers and Slimming World because actually they, they work. They do work for some people. Um, and they make sense of um, some of the problems that you eat with. But the issue that I found is that my specific issue of being you know older <laughs> and having um sort of particular emotional problems with food you can't cover 
all the pr problems that you have with what I would what I say is a general approach and I think Weight Watchers and Slimming World which is what I tried and I did lose a bit of weight but did put them back on again those are general approaches they're a one-size-fits-all general approach and I think if you just eat a little bit too much and you don't have any kind of emotional attachment to food they probably work for some people but the the place that I was in and the issues that I had I really needed I felt I really needed specialists and I think that's the difference between where you are with a specialist and where you are with a generalist and and the work that I'm in as a scientist we see this all the time you know you can turn on the telly and you see generalists talking particularly about Covid you've got scientists talking about Covid and they know an awful lot about little things and that's your generalist whereas actually when you talk to a specialist you have someone who has deep knowledge of a very small area and the issues that I was having with my weight and my health, my foot, my mobility, my emotional eating, what I needed was a specialist. I needed somebody that would understand my particular issues and be able to assist me. So um, I guess that's that's really what I was hunting for. And I didn't find it with the, with the general approaches. And It'd be interesting to hear actually I don't know how you found us um, maybe it was through some advertising we did you'll let me know in a minute but what when you did find you know you saw something about us it's normal to be a bit skeptical about something you find online so what were you skeptical about before joining and where, where did you actually find us as well so I think you popped up I think you popped up on a Facebook um, advert and there was a, a really nice beautiful advert of you'd got a, a lady a photograph popped up of a lady who had um, under, under, undergone your training and uh, she just looked she just looked so happy you know sometimes you see before and our photographs of people and people actually can look quite up oh, this sounds awful but in the after picture sometimes people look quite ill <laughs> and yeah. quite gaunt and quite um, I guess it's unmuscly really isn't it people don't have that structure um, but the, the lady that you had on your picture, she just excluded health. And, and that's really what I was looking for. I didn't, although obviously I wanted to lose weight, it was the health side of things that was really important to me. So yeah, you just randomly popped up and I, I clicked on I clicked on your sign up for, for, for Ben's daily updates. And I got those for probably a couple of weeks. Um, and, and, you know, he, he, puts, he puts lots and lots of information on those emails. Um, long before you signed up but just dig into your brain a little bit where you start to think actually you know this this specialist that I'm looking for this is ticking off the boxes you know these you guys are, are people that understand um, women my age you understand the requirements to be healthy it's not about just losing weight it's about losing fat it's about understanding where you are um, and how you got to where you are you know, these were all little tick boxes going on in my brain every time I read one of Ben's emails. And um, just before just before Christmas, he sent out an email um, and, and it was very timely, actually, because Christmas is tough, isn't it? Particularly, you know, think back to the past world when we were meeting up and everyone was going out. You know, it was just a continual party session, really. And you're out all the time and you're always eating and you get out of control. 
Um, and, I, and that's actually where I was that Christmas. So that would have been Christmas 2019 before I joined Trinity. And I did feel out of control. And there were some days in that run up to Christmas where I was going out twice a day. You know, we'd go to the pub at lunchtime and then we'd go out for an evening meal. And, and you know, I was eating so much. There was no control. And I think one of, the, one of Ben's emails actually um, really registered with me because, because he recognised that's possibly where people were at that time. Um, and he came up with a solution um, in that particular email saying, just tune in to what you're starting to eat. And actually, again, that did register for me because up until that point, the second I'd eaten something, I would forget about it, you know? So I would get to the end of the day and think, well, I haven't eaten very much. <laughs> and of course, you know, obviously I was eating, I must've been eating three or 4,000 calories some days. And it's no surprise I was, I was just putting weight on. But the second you've got someone saying, actually just tune in a little bit to what you're eating and make a decision about it. You think that's really sensible advice. So um, I think I, I am. Um, it was pretty late one evening. You know when you're like, do I, don't I? Because because Trinity is, it's not um, it's not a mainstream thing, is it? You know you you are specialists and you work with um, a small number of women. So um, when I filled in your form one evening, it was really late at night, and I sent it before I before I changed my mind. And I think actually it was yourself I had the first conversation with where we talked about where I was and, um, you know, the fact that uh, I needed some specialist help. Um, you know, I'm not menopausal at the moment, but I am 47. So it's something that's in the horizon. And I, you know, I didn't want to be fat forever. I wanted to make a change. So that first conversation with you where you explained all the different aspects of Trinity absolutely gave me that confidence that yes let's give this a try because you weren't promising me enormous weight loss you weren't promising me the earth you were saying we'll work through these step by step we're not going to in intimidate you by giving you everything on day one we're not going to humiliate you by making you stand in front of a pair of scales in front of lots of people you know it was all these little things that we talked about that again, just tick little boxes off in my head saying, yes, this is, this is private, this is confidential, this is safe. You know, I'm not under any pressure at all. And, and once you've committed to something, um, there's again, and for, for myself personally, there's another mindset change. Because when you've said yes, and you've committed to something, you're already on the path, you're already on the ladder. And so all the decision-making process about what to do and what help to get, for me, was absolutely secured because I was already through that door. So that's really where the mindset was right at the start for me. And I know that's like a scary process, having signed up to some help of different things, business things and stuff like that. That first step is always quite scary because you kind of, you know, you took the leap to fill out the application. You then have that conversation. You're like, I'm going to have to, you know, it's not cheap what we do either. So you got to make all of those commitments, but I'm glad once you, once you did that, you know, you were on the right path and let's go into that then. So since joining Trinity just over a year ago, 53 weeks ago, then what, what has changed for you? So, um, well, pretty much everything <laughs> I would say life has pretty much changed. I mean, the, the, the core, the core things, um, I've learned, everything from you guys you know that how to eat 
you know, how to approach food, how to treat food, um, how to incorporate exercise into life and enjoy it and not see it as a chore and not see it as something that you just have to do to get to the other side. You have to approach it that it's doing you good and you've got to enjoy it. Otherwise, you don't, you know, if you don't enjoy it, you don't, you don't carry on. And when I started Trinity back in January, it was before lockdown. And, you know, with hindsight, um, I realised it's probably about the best year I could have chosen because the second lockdown happened, which was what middle of March. There was that dawning realisation that meals out and parties and, and all the, you know, all the lovely stuff that you eat on holiday, that really was going to be put on hold. And I think that was a, a dawning realisation that that actually this is another opportunity, this, this particular year, this, well, we didn't know it was gonna be a year at that point, did we? You know, we thought it was gonna be a few months. I thought actually that's a really good opportunity to seize because, you know, not only was I in Trinity and I was already through that door and got that opportunity there, I then got another opportunity that was forced on me, but you can't go out and overeat because there's nothing, there's nothing particularly open. So, so I think with these these mindset things, it's it's seeing a door and pushing through it. And I think once you've accepted that you're through that door, the decision for me is made. So um, I, I work very much on um, the comfort level of having made a decision. Once I've made a decision, then I can push forward. And I think that's the, the mindset that I've always had with work. Actually, it's the decision that's hard. Once you've once I've made that decision, then I'm committed. And let's, let's go through what you achieved, kind of, because you had a few months before lockdown, you had a couple of months. Do you remember what you achieved in those first couple of months when we weren't kind of locked down? Um, the, the, first, the first two weeks that I joined Trinity, I followed your um, diet makeover, where you cut out all your wheat and your dairy, and um, I, I don't drink alcohol, but you cut out your alcohol and your sugar. And those two weeks were absolutely awful I have to be honest they were absolutely awful and um, I didn't sleep very well I was quite poorly the headaches were going through the roof and I kept to it and I you know and I can remember that conversation with you saying you just you know it, you will come out the other side this is just your body dealing with what you've stopped eating and, and you know that hard stop really does does reset things but it's not just the reset button it was the realization that at you know, I must have been addicted to all of that stuff, you know, particularly bread. I was eating an awful lot of bread before before the diet makeover um, and I cut it out completely. And that made um, a huge difference to things like how bloated I feel. Like my stomach didn't, didn't feel bloated anymore. So that realisation that bread actually doesn't really agree with my body. And it's only until you cut stuff out that you realize that actually it's having quite a nasty effect on you because when you carry on eating things and you feel a bit rubbish there's no there's no association between the two really you just think well I'm fat and old <laughs> yeah it's very I think that's a great point actually did you did you notice then before that did you have any idea how these foods were making you feel in terms of energy and you know productivity and things like that I don't think I did because I was pretty much, you know, eating too much dairy. I was eating too much bread. I was eating too much sugar. Um, and so, so I was pretty much overloading my system all the time. And um, consequently, I was always a bit tired. I didn't sleep very well. I was always a bit sluggish. You know, like I said, you just feel fat and old. And it's not until you take some of those things away 
and like I said, I have to be honest, those two weeks were really difficult. Um, but you push through it. And after about two weeks, you start to feel so different. There's just that, it's like coming blinking into the light, isn't it? You just start to feel so different. And then you think, actually, that, that is how I want to feel all the time. You know, if these foods were making, if these foods were making me feel bad, then I don't want to eat them anymore. And, and the first three months that I was with Trinity, I never really started back up with the bread. And even now I don't really eat bread um, because, because if I have bread, even a little bit, I actually feel quite bloated and poorly. So, so the, you know, the things that I learned during those two weeks, I can avoid now because I remember what they made me feel like. And I don't eat any dairy at all anymore. I have actually cut it out because by cutting out dairy, I've actually, because I get a little bit of eczema, if I cut dairy out, my eczema has completely gone. So until, until you make that association, you don't realize that there's things that you're eating that are actually impacting your health all the time. Um, so yeah, that, that was a really crucial bit for me for that two weeks. Um, but I, I'm not kidding you, it wasn't easy. The headaches were quite bad. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's something I hear a lot is that sort of sugar. It's generally sugar withdrawal, but it can be all of those things. Um, can definitely cause some headaches but you got through that and yes I want to give people some of the juicy details even though I know it's way more than just about weight loss but in terms of <clears> weight, <throat> weight loss and sort of dress size change then because again people won't know where you started like I've given a little bit of detail but what has changed in terms of your weight and in terms of you know your clothes size and what you can now wear so I started off at about a size 20 22 and um I'm currently a size 12. So um, some of my skirts are getting a bit loose. Um, so it's, 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 been a, it's been an incredibly um, quick process, I think, in a year to get really from where I was, which was a BMI 40.1, down to my BMI at the moment is 26. So I'm just a little tiny bit outside the healthy range. Um, but I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not finished. I don't, I don't feel at the moment that I've reached a weight that I'd like to sustain um, because, uh, you know, I still feel that that healthy BMI range is really where I'd like to be in the middle of. Um, I've got no real concept of what that weight is. Um, I'm not really as interested in weight anymore as I was at the start. When I first started, the scales were everything. The number was everything because I needed it to come down because I was so unhealthy. <clears throat> but the second you get into a near healthy range, the numbers really are nowhere near as important as how you feel and, and how you, you know, how you feel confidence wise and how clothes feel. Um, yeah, it's been really expensive. Every single thing in my wardrobe has been replaced more than once <laughs> um, in the one year that I can't go shopping. So, you know, online has been a bit of a godsend. Um, but yes, in terms of in terms of weight loss, I can't really remember what I lost um, per month. But when I look back at my graph, because, you know, you've got to love a graph, haven't you? When I look at my graph, I've pretty much averaged about half a stone a month since I've started. Um, and in 53 weeks, I have all bar one week, I've lost weight every single week. Um, the one week I didn't lose any weight was when I had COVID back in back in December, um, where I lost quite a lot of weight the first week when I was really really poorly and then the second week I stayed the same so that's actually in in my 53 weeks that's the only blip I've had so it's been very very constant and at no point have I felt that I've lost too much 
you know, it's been very, very gradual and very, very steady, but very, very consistent. And we can't breeze over that. So you, you actually had COVID. Um, and I know that was one of the sort of fears you told me early on was when that sort of all blew up. Um, and you had, you'd lost quite a bit of weight, but you still, you know, you knew I had a long way to go. Like, what, what were you feeling at the beginning of last year when that all came out versus, you know, and then what happened when, when you did get COVID? <clears throat> well, that Back to back to when I started, obviously COVID wasn't a thing then. And um, by the time really we were in lockdown in April, there wasn't an awful lot of information out there about what was causing people to be very ill with COVID. You know, we look back on hindsight and we think we know, but it wasn't really until about June, July, <coughs> excuse me, that the media started putting quite a heavy association um, between being overweight and being at risk of, of serious um, illness with COVID. So it was really June, July time that the media started putting that um, out there, didn't they? And that, that, that really did resonate with me because I, I actually am asthmatic. So that, that did scare me. And it wasn't a thing really before June, July. And at that point, I'd actually lost quite a bit of weight already. So I was already feeling I was in a better position, but I was still in the obese category. And according to the NHS, I think being obese makes you more likely to end up in hospital by a factor of about five times. Um, so that that is that is fear. For, you know, when you are asthmatic and not being able to breathe, there's a real fear there. And so I think that kept me going, if that makes sense, because I thought, well, if I catch COVID, I, I want to give myself the best odds possible. Um, you know, being overweight is a known risk factor. And you can do something about it. You can, you can, um, you know, bring your weight down. So I guess that's where I was. And, and like you said, I did catch COVID. It was November the 27th. I started to feel poorly. And um, it was, you know, it was, a, it was a great time to catch COVID from my point of view, because I was already into, uh, into the overweight category as opposed to the uh, obese category. So I guess at that point, I'd already reduced my risk quite a lot. And I had a, a really bad week um, where, yeah, it hit me pretty hard, um, sort of lying in bed. I wasn't really able to get up and about. My chest was really, really tight. And I, you know, it is scary, actually, not being able to breathe is quite scary. Um, but I didn't have to go to hospital or anything. Um, you know, it's just, uh, I could manage it at home. It was just a, a two or three weeks of, of feeling under the weather, feeling that, you know, I needed to, I needed to just look after myself a little bit. Um, I didn't do any strength training for about three weeks and I know we, we spoke about you know putting yourself first there are times where your health is uh, it potentially um, impacted by putting too much um, effort into exercising so so for the first couple of weeks I just concentrated on on resting really um, and then week by week three I think we, we talked about going back into a little bit of gentle exercise so I built it back up again by just working on my steps, which is a big part of my day. So when you, you're probably the same, sitting at a computer all day, you have to really put a lot of effort into moving. <clears throat> and I'm at my computer a lot. So, so my steps are a big part of that. I have to make myself get up and move around. <clears throat> so that was a good focus really, is to, to, to get back to health by first focusing on just the movement and then, uh, and then picking back up the exercise. And actually I was, really pleasantly surprised when you've got an underlying level of strength which I have done after 53 weeks of Trinity um, 
even being out of the strength training for three or four weeks picked it back up really fast you know your body remembers I think and that that surprised me too I really thought after three or four weeks I'd be back to square one and I wasn't yeah that is the good thing about strength training it kind of sticks around as I know we've we've talked about you Mm. go as quickly as other types of fitness so no again amazing changes and one one other thing I know is a huge change with, with with your horse so you know you love to ride you had one horse when you started Yes. What's changed with that? Because I know, I don't think you were doing as much riding at the beginning and that's all changed now. So what's changed with, with your horse riding? Yeah, so I've had, I've had my old horse for about 15 years now and she's a big chunky cob. She's what we call a weight carrier, bless her. So she would trundle around the field with me on her back and uh, I always felt a little bit sorry for her. Um, and as time went on, I was riding less and less because, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to squish her. Um, and looking after horses is quite energetic and I'd get up in the morning and go and muck out and look after her and I'd be absolutely knackered so that was where I was at the start um, and as time went on I was riding more and more but because she's an older horse I think it was um, it was about two weeks actually before I got Covid I bought a second horse much smaller one much finer one that can carry me absolutely fine and she's a baby so we are riding all the time now and all the, all the worry about it has gone. Um, you know, I don't worry that I'm squishing my pony anymore. I don't worry about what people think. You know, when you're out on the road and you're riding a horse and you're quite big, there's quite a lot of judgment, I think. Or, or I believed that people are judging me. Perhaps, they, perhaps people don't care, but I believed that people were judging me. And that stops you from having fun, doesn't it? It's daft. And, um, you know, if I stop and unpick it, I bet people don't care. People don't give it a second glance. But when you're a big person, when you're a a very overweight person, what do you believe other people's perception of you really does have an effect on you? Um, And and that was part of it, really. I muted myself a second because the dog was barking in the background. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) I wanted to to go into that a little bit more then, because obviously that's it, it is a thing I hear from a lot of people and people struggle with but obviously that's changed a lot now what what else has changed I suppose in terms of what you feel confident doing that maybe you didn't before I think you said in um, one of your progress reviews how you used to wear your sort of ugly clothes which I was reading yes so maybe <laughs> yes. that first of all because I know that's important to a lot of people like in terms of what you feel comfortable with in terms of shopping has that changed at all Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, when you're a, when you're a very big person and you don't really know what size you are because every shop's a different size and there's not many shops you can shop in when you're a size 22, there's, there's not that, you know, most shops don't go up that big. So already at that size, you are marginalised in society. Uh, um, and, you know, you, you can order online, you can go into a shop and have a go at finding things, but your choice is very limited. And, and generally, I, I suspect most people feel the same. When you're a very big person, you don't want to draw attention to yourself. You do want to be a little bit in the background, you know. And what you don't want is anyone making judgments about you. Um, you know, if you're wearing clothes that are too tight or too revealing, you know, it's there in your brain that someone's going to think, God, what's she, what on earth is she wearing, you know? And I know it's internal perception. And like I said, I don't suppose for a second people really are that mean generally um but but it's there in your brain about it and it does stop you from buying nice things you know mentally it does stop you from buying nice things because you don't you don't even want to look at yourself in a mirror you know your your mindset at that point when you don't like your body 
um, you know, I have I have a, a massive respect actually for people who are very big, who don't have that own personal disrespectfulness. You know, I've got to, you know, I, I wish I could do that. If you're a very big person with lots of confidence, um, I suspect, you know, your happiness is, is all internalized that way because other people's perception doesn't matter to you. Um, and, and I wish I could be like that, but I'm not. You know, to me, wearing um, wearing clothes that covered up my body made me feel like I was uh, able to recede into the background a little bit. Um, but, you know, coming down in size, you know, everywhere sells size 12s. And, um, you know, I can choose everything now. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not, does it fit? Does it do up? <laughs> does the zip actually fit? You know, I can actually put something on and think, actually, you know, this suits me or this suits me. Um, you know, and it, it opens up the world really. Um, and, you know, it's, it's nice to wear pretty things sometimes, you know, I, I have, uh, I have, like I said, a complete new change of wardrobe more than once, but uh, if I open my wardrobe up, what's quite interesting is, is there's a lot more color there now than there ever used to be. And this isn't a decision I've made. I've not gone out and thought, right, fantastic. I'm going to have a colorful wardrobe. It's just naturally happened. I think, um, I'm not kidding, a lot of it is black and grey, <laughs> but there's a lot more colour there. And I think it's something, you know, it, it demonstrates a slightly different mindset with clothes, I think. And I wanna I wanna kind of go into how how you actually did this then. Cause a lot of people are I'm sure listening to this and going, like, this sounds amazing. Um <laughs> I might want to do something similar, but like what what do you think were the key things? that actually enabled you to make these these changes you know with your weight with your dress size but also with your confidence and with your knowledge of everything what were the key things that kind of got you there you don't have to say me <laughs> well it if i go back to the if i go back to the start you know it's very difficult to know how to put right all the things that were wrong in my brain it's very difficult to know so when you you know if you're upset and you eat for example or you're very stressed and you're very busy and it's 11 o'clock at night and you're not tired and so you eat you know all that is emotion that's an emotional response and, and I'm not saying that's the problem for everybody but it was for me is that food became comfort you know and if I didn't know what to do or I was bored or I was lonely or I was you know putting off going to bed because I couldn't sleep eating was just something to do so um, one of the things that changed for me is understanding and and that is with with help from you guys it's just putting that little connection in your brain between emotion and response so when you have an emotion and one of your responses is to eat you have to put that connection together and I know it sounds really obvious when I'm talking about it but I hadn't you know and and one of the one of those things for me was that that mental acceptance that I had to find other coping mechanisms you know and we work really hard on mindset within Trinity where you talk about all this thing all these things but the trigger point really has to come from yourself you know you have to say okay so so when this thing happens in my life food can't be the answer I need to solve it in some other way and sometimes solving it in the in that other way is looking after yourself you know if you just say well actually um you know I'm going to stay at work because a member of my team needs to talk to me but that's my day perhaps that I'm going to do a trinity workout so that's my day for me 
there are times where you have to put yourself first. And, and I think when you're, you know, when you're a busy working person, um, that's very difficult to stand back and say, no, actually, I'm, I'm going to put myself first this time because I, I matter. <laughs> and if I don't, this is the consequence. And the consequence for me was, was emotional eating. So, so that was a big, that was a big change for me. <clears throat> another, another change really is um, a mindset that whatever happened, and I made this decision right at the start. So like I said, when I make a decision, the switch is gone. So I don't need to think about that decision again. And that works for me. One of the decisions that I made was I wasn't going to eat anything that I didn't record because I hadn't realized until I did the diet makeover how much I was eating. There was no, there was no knowledge of it. The second I'd eaten it, I'd forget about it. And yeah, that, that got into the habit of getting in in the evening and thinking, well, I've hardly eaten anything at all because you don't register it. So that was a big decision that I made right at the start, you know, and, and it's, it's part of the, the Trinity guidance is that you do plan what you're going to eat. You do record it and, and mostly to keep a handle of how many calories you're eating, but also you make an, a mental association between, um, you know, what you're eating and, um, and, and also, you know, um, what effect it has on you. So, you know, if you're eating really late at night, the calories is the same as if you eat at six o'clock, but I, I wouldn't sleep so well. So you start to make those connections as well. So that's another change that I made is that it's, I, I now don't eat anything unless I record it. Um, and I record it before I eat it because um, keeping within my calorie levels is, is something, again, that I made a decision right at the start that I wouldn't go over. So, so with, with your help, Rob, I came to a number that seemed to work. You know, I, I came to a particular number of calories a day that was my target. And, you know, if I keep within that target, um, I don't find them hungry. I have to work at splitting it out through the day. I can't just have a massive breakfast and then starve. So, so the planning is, is a big part of that. So that's been a big change for me. Um, but after a year, it's just so natural now. Um, it's not something I can step out of because it's just part of breathing really for me. Yeah, I've really noticed. Uh, Sorry, go, go ahead. I was gonna say that's, that's sort of two big changes really is, is, that, is, that, is that connection, that mental connection that you make and, um, and, and starting to record food. Yeah, that's really, I think it's really fascinating and good for people to hear is those, those sort of mindsets where you go, I have to record it because then you are mindful of what you're having. And also it makes sure you can eat the right amount. And it's good to hear, you know, you, you didn't find you were starving throughout the year either, you know. You, you no, and that's part, I was worried about that to start with. You know, when you, when you go from eating a lot to eating less, being hungry is a, is a really valid um, nervousness, you know, that you said, what am I skeptical about the program? I was really worried about that because being hungry is really miserable, isn't it? Um, and uh, I, ha I haven't been, you just have to, you learn um, what foods fill you up, what fills, foods are more satisfying, what foods are nourishing as opposed to junk food. And, you know, it's, um, I think you, you said in a, a, a podcast a few weeks ago, you talk about kind of like um, treating it like a bank balance, and, and it, that does work for me. That mental image of a bank balance does work for me. So you try and get as much bang for your buck, if you like. If you look at how much food you're allowed for sort of food with, with, with low calories, you know, that's how you make, that's how you make your choices in the day. And it, it, it forces you to be, um, you know, it forces you to be a bit more, um, a bit more exciting with what you're eating. You can't eat the same foods every single day because you get really bored. Um, but also sort of experimenting a little bit with how to put things together um, just to, you know, to keep that 
food excitement going. And I just want to touch on the exercise quickly, because you mentioned with the food, obviously one worry was, am I going to starve myself? Am I going to not be able to eat things I like? With the exercise, you mentioned earlier that you know, you've got to get to the point where you enjoy it. But did you actually, because a lot of people don't find initially they, they like it that much. Did you enjoy it from day one or was it something that kind of built over time when you saw results and you got more confident with it? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I had never done any type of strength training. You know, I've played with going to the gym in the past and I joined a gym about four or five years ago. And, and within about two weeks, it had pretty much gone to paddling in the pool, basically. That's kind of where I was with it. Um, so I'd never really done any strength training. Um, but when you when you follow your videos through with the strength training, um, you're, you're very good at describing what the exercise is doing. And because I'm a scientist, I need to understand these things. I can't just be told, I need to understand them. And so understanding what you're doing to your body and why it's important I, really helped me. So, so following your videos through, you know it makes sense why you do what you do um so it's a new for me personally it was a brand new skill i was learning a brand new skill you know i never picked up weights at all and um so so that got me through the first few months it's like right this is a new skill it's like playing piano i've got to learn how to do this and you know the the stakes are pretty high because if you're very overweight and like myself with a very sore foot if i get it wrong i'm going to put myself back in a chair um, and not be able to move for a bit so the stakes felt pretty high for me and I remember right at the start um, I was pretty much emailing you every day wasn't I like I can't do this exercise I can't do this exercise and you were very very patient with me and you'd say right substitute this one for this one substitute this one for this one I mean there's no way I could have done that without your support because it's very very demoralizing to follow a, an exercise program and you know you download them off the web and you follow you know these, these influencers who are leaping around their living room. And there's half those exercises I can't do because of my foot, there's half of them. And it's very, very quick for me to say, well, this doesn't work for me, I'm just giving up. And that's where I was. But with, with yourself, because I've got that interaction because specialist rather than generalist, I was able to get that constant feedback. It's like, no, this exercise will do the same job but won't put pressure on your foot. So, so it took me two or three months to learn that skill. And I think once I'd got beyond the learning of the skill, that's when I started to enjoy it. Because up until that point, I was just quite focused on, right, I've just got to get my head down and get through it. I've got to understand it. But by the time you've, you understand what you're doing after two or three months, I did start to really enjoy it because by that time, you can feel a difference. It's already starting to change your body. And that's really motivating and exciting to see and feel different. I think that's a fascinating, fascinating to hear your mindset with that, that you just sort of, you, you saw it as that sort of new skill, you learned the new skill, and then you started to enjoy it, which I think is so true. You've got to, I, I find with anything like that, I think as an adult, we find learning new skills isn't something we do so much when we're older, is it? So it's always, no. a flag. it's always like, I feel like I should already be good at this, but I'm not because, you know, I haven't actually put the time in, but you put the time in and, you know, after a couple of months, you, you felt really confident. Now, I know yeah. you're really, you're really, really busy and I've talked for way, we've talked for way longer than we planned. So um, one last question then for you before we wrap it up. Um, if someone's, you know, thinking about joining Trinity, they're on the fence, maybe like you were, what would you say to someone in that situation? Um, I cannot, I cannot recommend enough that people join Trinity. I think it's changed my life 100%. 
Um, that the slight caveat, I guess, is that people have got to go in with a mindset that they're going to make it work. That that mindset's got to be there. And I think if people have made that switch, then absolutely, you know, I can't recommend Trinity enough. I think if people are in the mindset that they're not quite sure, they really need to speak to you guys, um, you know, and, and understand whether they are in the right place to start. But once somebody's made that switch, I mean, you know, you guys have been absolutely incredible in terms of support for me. So yeah, absolutely recommended. It's just, it's got to start with an individual, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's fantastic advice for anyone. You know, you if you make that decision, I'm going to do this. We're obviously here to help. So yeah, amazing advice, Lou, and, you know, amazing interview. Thank you so much. I know you're really, really busy, so I'll let you get going. But yeah, just, I just want to thank you for joining me today, you know, sharing your story with everyone, being really open and honest about that. Um, and I'm sure everyone. Yeah, thank you. No worries, and, then, and and thank you for all your help. It's been a, an amazing year, and I really, I really do appreciate it. And you've you've put up with you've put up with all my questions along the way. No, they're very good questions, and you know we're not quite there yet. You've obviously achieved so much, but I know you want to achieve more, so we will get there. We'll keep working on it. Um, but thank Brilliant. you. Again. You know, it's been really inspiring to hear your story. I always feel you know inspired just talking to you. I'm sure everyone listening will as well. So, <laughs> Yeah, thank you. I hope you have a great rest of your week. And uh, yeah, we'll catch up at the end of the week in your check-in and we'll go from there. All right. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Lou. Speak to you again soon. Bye. Bye. So thank you for listening to today's episode of the Trinity Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows. And also please leave us a quick review. It only takes two minutes. We do all of these shows completely for free to help you. So we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all. So thank you again so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for the next episode of the Trinity Podcast.